0: You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full-time nomad who has been living in my 1997 Ford van with my dog, exploring the United States, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, fighting freedom and happiness however they choose. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deliberate Living Podcast. I am your host, Holly Priestley, and I haven't done a listener Q&A in a while, but over the weekend, I did um, kind of an AMA and Ask Me Anything on my Instagram stories, and I got a lot of really good questions um, on that, and some of them... I really just wanted to elaborate more on than I was able to in a simple like story reply so I'm going to take those and make an episode out of it and so if you're not following me on Instagram already what are you doing why why aren't you following me over there you should come over there and then you can see more of what's going on and uh, be a part of my listener Q&A next time around So before I get too deep into the questions and, uh, you know, essentially the topic for this podcast episode, I would like to thank everybody who is here listening, watching, reading, whatever. Um, As usual, you guys are the reason that I make this show. Um, I don't have any sponsors. You won't have any annoying ad breaks, although that might change in the future. We will see. Um, But you guys are why I make the show. And so you know, anytime I can hear from you guys always makes me a happier person. It'll make the show better if I know what you like and what you don't like. Um, and yeah, if you like Deliberate Living and you wanna see it keep going, there are a few ways that you can help contribute to the success of the show. One of those ways is by subscribing. Um, listening liking giving it five stars or a thumbs up whatever it is on the platform that you're consuming it on um, or sharing it with a friend if there's a specific episode that you think one of your friends needs to listen to or just the show in general that would be awesome it also does cost money and time to produce the the episodes every single week and if you want to help offset some of those costs I have a Venmo and a PayPal which are always linked in the description um, in the show notes they're also, easy to find on any of my social profiles as well. Um, And I also have a Patreon if you want even more behind the scenes that's like very behind the scenes and doesn't get shared anywhere else. I share a lot of my little miniature art creations over there. um, And, you know, I'm open to sharing other things as well. Uh, depending on what y'all want to see some of the tiers that i have do come with snail mail that uh, my patrons my supporters get from me every month so those are all the ways that you can help support the show without further ado let's get into these questions question number one what do you usually eat for breakfast and honestly i am pretty simple when it comes to breakfast especially if i'm really just worried about cooking for me Um, I do love to cook. I love to, you know, chop a bunch of vegetables and throw them in my cast iron and add a bunch of seasonings and make everything really delicious. Um, But I'm more motivated to do that kind of meal and go to that kind of effort. Like if I have friends around and I get to share my meal with somebody, for me, just me, I like to keep it pretty simple most of the time. Um, And if I'm not, you know, going to a production to to make a cooked breakfast, I will often just do like a PB&J tortilla. Yeah, a tortilla. I don't really keep bread in the van because I don't eat it often enough or fast enough and it'll go bad before I get a chance to enjoy it. Tortillas seem to last longer overall and they take up less space in the van. Um, And if you're curious, I prefer creamy over crunchy and I usually go for preserves rather than jelly. Second question is how old is Lisa and Lisa also known as the best co-pilot in the whole entire world, is just over 13 years old. Her honorary birthday is the 4th of July. Um, I've had her since she was just a few weeks old, and I picked her up in August, 13 years ago. (laughs) 14 years ago. 14 years ago. And we were both infants at the time. Um, We've gone through a ton together, and I really couldn't imagine doing this whole lifestyle with anybody else. Third question is, how is it exploring somewhere brand new? And so this is one of those things that you'll know a little bit more about if you do follow me on Instagram, but as of about a week ago, um, I started exploring areas of the United States that are completely brand new to me, highways I've never driven on before, um, and stuff that is like new towns, new everything. Um, Which I haven't really done in a while. So exploring somewhere brand new has been mostly fun and a little overwhelming Um, Ask me again in a few weeks after I've been exploring new places again for a few weeks But uh, the first year that I was in the van I did a lot more exploring of new states and cities um, And and just spaces in general and then last year um, For the last like year year and a half, you know because of the pandemic and everything else um, I was exploring more deeply the places that I was already familiar with. And so it feels good to be in new spaces again, overall. Um, Currently, I'm exploring parts of California, and uh, they're a little bit more crowded than what I'm used to. And so that can be a bit more stressful for my introverted nature. Um, And as with most of California, everything seems to be more expensive than I'm used to. And so those two things can be a little bit stressful overall i've been lucky enough to find beautiful spots that i can hang out when i'm alone and i've met up with some other vanners who know the area a little bit better than i do who have been here before i've never even been here before um, and they can show me around and so that has eased some of the pressure there's definitely something to be said for exploring more deeply the places that you're familiar with or you know acting as a tourist in your own town um and yeah just getting really familiar really, really familiar with the places that you already know really well. But then there's also an equal amount of value that comes from putting yourself in new situations as well. And so I would recommend that you do both as often as you can. The next question is asking whether or not I use sustainable toilet paper. And, of course, Vanners, we talk about poop a lot. (laughs) We talk about the bathroom a lot. So this question did not really surprise me too, too much, but um, I haven't answered it before. I've talked a lot about my bathroom situation on the podcast, um, but not, uh, not my toilet paper specifically. So I do try to use sustainable toilet paper and toilet paper that breaks down a little bit more easily. Um, the second option can be found in Walmarts in parts of the country where RVing and camping is a little bit more popular. So like, Lake Havasu, Walmart, is like a city in and of itself, but they have a huge camping section and, you know, some of these places have more compostable toilet paper than others, which is kind of surprising, but that's what a lot of the, like, septic systems in those rigs need. Um, But then, you know, you can also find it at, like, camping supply stores, like Camping World or something like that, but it can be kind of hard to come by otherwise. And so for me, most of the time, I just use the best I can find at whatever store I'm at when I need it. And some of these small towns just don't have a lot of options. So I just do the best I can with what I have. Your specific situation may differ depending on, like, your toilet setup. Like, your composting toilet or cassette toilet or whatever it is that you're using may have specifications around which paper to use that system specifically. So, you know, check your instruction manual or whatever uh, to get all of those details. The next question is, have you driven through Mexico? If so, is it safe and what should I know? And so I'm just gonna start this off with, I have not driven through Mexico yet, although I would like to. I've done a fair amount of research and would love to get down there, but it just hasn't aligned with like all of my different schedules yet. I haven't been able to make it happen. Mexico kind of gets a bad rap for being uh, really dangerous but statistically speaking, Mexico is not any more dangerous than the United States. Like per capita, the crime rates are exactly the same. And just like the United States, there are areas in Mexico that are traditionally more safe or more dangerous than others, and just like in the United States, there are areas that I personally would only go with like a group rather than alone. In general, I would absolutely recommend going down to Mexico with a group, Um, particularly if you don't speak Spanish well, um, you know, like it's gonna happen, right? Like if something just happens to your vehicle and you have to find a mechanic or some such, and like having that support system, having a group with you, maybe even having an extra rig to like temporarily move into could provide like a lot of peace of mind and would be really helpful in that situation. That said, I know a lot of people, a lot of vanners who have gone to Mexico alone and not had any issues. Your mileage may vary. If you are planning on visiting Mexico, do your research. Figure out what the border crossing is like headed in both directions, because it's different coming back into the States than it is going into Mexico. Um, be prepared for things, especially at the border crossing, to not go as planned. Be prepared for it to take forever. Be prepared to be really frustrated with the process. It might be really easy. You might just drive up, be like, hi, my name is, here's my passport. You know, they might let you in, no problem. Or, like, they might search your vehicle. It happens, you know, and there's there's almost no rhyme or reason to it. So you just need to be prepared for the most frustrating, the most time-consuming, the most annoying possible result. And hopefully it doesn't happen. Research where you want to go in Mexico and see if there are any other rubber tramps who are in the area, going to be in the area, um, you know, and see if y'all can like meet up, do a little caravan, uh, maybe some of the way, maybe all the way, who knows. Overall, enjoy yourself, learn a new language, respect and support the locals, and be aware of your surroundings like you would be in the United States. Don't decide not to go to Mexico. This is this is like a double or triple negative. Don't let fear stop you from going. It's just as dangerous as it is in the states. The next question I received was, "Do you have a dream vehicle?" And this is a really fun question for me, um, because like I don't really know a lot about like, specific vehicles. I don't know a lot about, like, certain makes and models or anything like that, so I don't know which vehicle would fit my specifications of a dream vehicle, um, but maybe you guys do. Maybe uh, maybe my audience does. Maybe you guys listening, watching, or reading know <laughs> what vehicle uh, these specifications would actually be um, achieved by, so I'm going to lay out what a dream vehicle would look like for me. Uh, first thing is that it's indestructible and reliable. Um, second thing kind of part of the first thing is that it's easy to fix either on my own or find mechanics who can do the work. I don't have to I don't want to have to take it to um like a dealership. The third thing is that I want it to be either the size of my van or slightly smaller. I don't want anything bigger and I do think that my van is maybe a little bit too big as it is. I do want it to have straighter walls than my current van and fewer windows. Um, I want it to have good clearance and maybe even, like, some 4x4 capabilities. Um, And then the final thing is that I want it to get uh, as good or better gas mileage than I currently get. And I currently average around, like, 14 to 16, depending on the season and where I'm driving. And that's, that's pretty much it, those, like, six things. (laughs) Um, I can build out the interior any way that I want so I'm not really worried about what the interior looks like. Um, There are some some components of my current setup of my current rig that I really like. I really do like the clearance. Um, I like the reliability. I like the ease of fixing. You know, it's an old Ford. Pretty much all mechanics know how to work on old Fords rather than being something more complicated that has to go to a dealership. Um, But there are some things that I would change about my current van. Um, like I said, straighter walls, fewer windows, better tires or like ability to um, to get places. And I, like I said, I don't know anything about like the makes or models of vehicles and like what might fit uh, my needs. But if you know something, leave me a suggestion in the comments or something. <laughs> The next question I received was, uh, I know recycling is dependent on location. Is it easy for you to find places to recycle? And so I used to separate my recycling the first year that I lived in the van, and I would just keep all of my recycling um, in the van until I found a place to recycle it properly, which wasn't really a problem for me at the time. I was spending more time in cities. Uh, Denver in particular has some good recycling programs. And a lot of the other cities I went to, I was able to find recycling bins, but then the pandemic hit and I started spending um, more time away from towns and away from cities for sure, longer and longer periods. Um, yeah. And just like not visiting very populated areas where recycling is most often found. So I stopped separating my recycling, um, and you know, keeping it in quantity in the van. And I just started, you know, throwing things away, which is sad. I still recycle when I can when I'm in areas where it's a thing, but I also don't beat myself up if I have to throw away a box or a bottle, um, you know, the next time I find a trash can either. So I try, I do the best I can, but I don't, I don't try to overdo it these days. The next question is, about how many miles a week do you get in with your runs or with your hiking? And so I run every other day, Um, and so some weeks that means that I run three days a week and some weeks that means that I run four days a week. And right now, emphasis on that right now, because this is continually evolving, um, I'm trying to get my base run to be about six miles and then usually doing a longer one once a week or two, once every week or two. Um, as well as I'm able to based on like where I happen to be located, um, and like what kind of timeline I have if I if I can spend a few extra hours out running Um, so this basically just means that I'm averaging about 20 to 30 miles a week with my running Um, hiking is vastly different uh, because I'm not I don't do it as regularly it's not as much part of my routine as running is running is part of my morning routine so it happens every other day Um, so I can't really answer the hiking part of that question definitively unfortunately The next question is, what is my fave state? And this question is so hard. It's so hard. I don't know that I can just pick one single state as a favorite because there are elements of most of the ones that I visited that I love um, and also elements in most of the ones that I visited that I could do without. A lot of my preferences on what state I'm liking the most at the moment kind of depends on the season that I'm visiting that state in, um, who I'm meeting there, if anyone, what activities I'm going to get into, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I do have a soft spot in my heart for Colorado because it has so many different terrains and activities and seasons and you know just overall a ton of things that I love. but um, it's becoming increasingly expensive, crowded. Hard to live in as a vanner, or especially as a stationary person, it's getting to be a little bit prohibitive. Um, Arizona is uh, becoming a favorite as well, again, because of the variety in landscapes and the variety in activities. Um, it's also not too crowded um, and the cost of living is relatively low in comparison. Uh, I I would say overall, like, I do spend the majority of my time in, and I do enjoy the four corners states, so Colorado, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, which is not really picking a fave state, but it's picking a fave area, like, four favorite states. (laughs) I could really go on and on and on. I could do a whole episode um, just about, like, each state that I've, you know, briefly lived in over the last three years and what what I like and don't like about each of them. There's something out there for everybody. And the final question is, what is your writing schedule like? And I wish I had more of a writing schedule, to be honest. I do write every single morning as part of my morning routine, um, which I talked about in a previous podcast episode. So if you want to learn more, um, go look at that. Uh, I often do write later in the day as well. It's not just in the mornings. Um, and my later in the day writing is usually for work or for the podcast or for other personal projects. Um, and so if I had to look at my schedule and, and see where writing fits into it, I mean, I, I have my morning routine and that includes writing. And then I'll work, which almost always includes some form of writing for a few hours. Um, after my morning routine and so usually around like midday or early to mid afternoon um, I need a break my brain is exhausted <laughs> I cannot focus anymore um, and so yeah mid midday um, to early to mid afternoon like I, I stop I stop working for a little while um, if it's a drive day I use that time to drive if it's not a drive day I have to find some other way to kind of reset myself I'll go outside, get some fresh air, maybe like some super light exercise, like walk around with the dog, explore whatever woods I'm in. um, And, you know, or like, just let my mind relax with something that's like not work related for a while. Um, And so sometimes after that, I will come back to work a few hours later. um, And sometimes I just have to be done for the day. And it kind of depends on my workload, but also my mental capacity. And that's one of the best things about um working for myself and being freelance is that you know when my brain is done I can I could beat myself up over it all I want but like if my brain is done my brain is done and I don't necessarily have to like sit at a in a cubicle and like pretend to be busy for the rest of the day when my brain is just shut off already <laughs> so uh that just about wraps up the Q&A for this particular episode um If you have any questions that I didn't answer in this episode or in, you know, maybe a previous one or if, like, one of my answers, like, spawned another question, go ahead and send those to me. I'll do my best to answer them um, individually and they might make it into a podcast episode in the future. Who knows? Um, But, yeah, let me know... (laughs) Uh, how you like your PB&Js. Um, let me know if you have a dream vehicle, if you have a riding schedule, any of, any of those things. Take any of the questions. Um, if any of them resonate with you, send me uh, your answers for those as well because I'm always curious how other people make life work for them. Um, and as I said at the top of the show, if you could go ahead and subscribe, like, comment, hit the notification bell, um, share it with your friends. Uh, Send me a little something-something via Venmo, PayPal, Patreon, whatever it is. That would be awesome. And uh, I hope you guys tune in next week for another excellent episode. Bye! We've reached the end of this episode of Deliberate Living. You can find the show notes and everything I referenced over on my website, hollicpriestly.com, and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, on YouTube if you watch the video version, or find the written version on my website. Come follow our journey on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website. I like to share updates and behind the scenes on the road. If you want to help offset some of the costs that go into producing the show, I also have a Venmo and a PayPal set up. And if you want some behind the scenes activities and maybe even some snail mail in your mailbox, come join us over on Patreon.